this month's theme, this month's theme, living in God's bounty. Living in God's bounty. And today's talk is all the time because, right? You can see the connection, right? We're living in God's bounty all the time. We are living in God's bounty all the time, whether or not we notice it, whether or not we're conscious of it, because we have free will. We're not little God automatons, right? We're not little robots of God. So, so we have free will. We are free to look at the positives or the negatives. We are free to look at all the good that surrounds us or all the challenges we have. We are free to, to choose to, to you know, look at the, the good or the bad in our lives. So, um, Okay, so face it, like we could have gotten just laid off from our job, right? But we have a wonderful family around us or we have a supportive relationship or we have a house or we have, you know, people around us that love us. So finding another job doesn't sound so dire when we realize all the good that is already around us as we face a challenge, right, of, of getting another job, right? Or we can allow ourselves to become overwhelmed by the setbacks in our lives, by the negatives, and then we forget to look at what's going right, right? But there's a lot going right in our lives all the time. Highs and lows all the time. Good things and bad all the time. They accompany us throughout life. And we get to choose what we're going to focus on. We get to choose whether we're going to focus on the positives or the negatives. Cameron Strang said this, I used to think life was a series of hills and valleys. I was either in a good time or in a hard time, but that's wrong. Life is actually more like a railroad track where good and bad coexist side by side all the time. All the time. The highs and lows are there all the time, are they not? Right? There are things in your life that could be better. There are things in your life that are great. They coexist side by side all the time. We can choose to be sad about what we don't have or what we haven't achieved yet, or we can celebrate how good life already is and how much we have. We're always at choice. We're always at that choice. There is no reward and punishment in this universe, there is only reflection. The universe is not happening to you, it is responding to you. So it would be in our best interest, would it not, to be resonating in what's going right. You know, either we believe in duality in the world, good versus evil, God versus the devil, and that we are caught in the middle in this battle for the soul of humankind? Or we realize the universe is a system of wholeness, that God is all there is, and the universe is nothing but cause and effect. Because that's what it is. Ernest Holmes said this in Ideas of Power. He said, now I treat hell and the devil very disrespectfully because I haven't the slightest respect for either one or for anybody's belief in either. It's all bunk, his words. Now he, go on, he goes on to say this, when I lost hell, I lost the greatest asset I had, 
There is nowhere to send people who disagree with me. <laughs> I feel them on that point. <laughs> I miss it more than any one of my infantile possessions, but I could not carry it into adulthood. That place has cooled off years ago. There is no hell, there is no devil. The only heaven and hell you will ever experience is in your consciousness. We torture ourselves with fear thoughts and we pleasure ourselves with faith thoughts. And that's all we do. That's all we can do. The stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell about ourselves are the affirmations we're declaring about our lives. Now, I've been doing a lot of reading to prepare for this talk, a lot of reading. And, and much of this research centers around the idea that we become what we dwell in. Do you read that? Do you read that a lot? We become what we dwell in, positive or negative. Life is hard. Life is grand, right? The idea that we retell the same stories about ourselves over and over and over, we actually get stuck in our own narrative. We become that which we tell ourselves. And then we keep recreating those events in the, outer, in the outer world, in the world of conditions, over and over and over again with monotonous regularity, as Ernest Holmes said. Julie Beck said this. She said, perhaps the facts of someone's life presented end to end wouldn't resemble a narrative to the outside observer. The way people choose to tell stories of their lives to others and crucially to themselves, almost always does have a narrative arc. In telling the story of how you became who you are or who you are on your way to becoming, the story itself becomes part of who you are. But you know, here's the thing, much of that research that I did and much of the research that I read about shows or actually doesn't show, more likely, doesn't show that the false belief already exists in us for it to outpicture in our lives over and over again. We tend to see patterns out there in the world and we draw conclusions from the outer when everything, everything, everything is coming from within. Which means the false belief the pattern we are identifying out there comes, originally comes from within. And we project it and it reflects back onto us, right? The universe can only reflect back. So it's like, oh, man, oh man, I always get into relationships with men who are aloof and cold and detached. This is the third guy I've dated so far who is this distant, right? So she sees the pattern out there, but has not yet put it together that it comes from in here. She's running around like a lighthouse, attracting all the same types of men because of the inner belief that she already has that is screaming, send me your distant, you're poor, you're aloof. I must learn from them, right? She's already got that belief. So now, now one of two things can happen. 
She can awaken to that false belief and she can transcend it, can she not? Through affirmative prayer, through meditation, through affirmations, through visioning, through support of spiritual community. She can create new neural pathways based on new beliefs, new thoughts, new affirmations. She can create those new neural pathways in her brain and new things will happen as a result. A change of course in the outer will result. She can do that or or she sees the pattern out there and believes she is at the effect of it. My life stinks. <laughs> Why are all these things always happening to me, right? <laughs> and she continues to create the pattern over and over with what? Monotonous regularity, as Ernest Holmes said. Which rail of the train track is she going to focus on? Ernest Holmes said this, he said, we cannot go back to our past and relive it. We cannot make adjustments in the past. We have to make them in the present. It is not going to do us any good to sit around and cry over the past and bemoan our fate because in the very day that we are living, we're creating our tomorrows, which will become Monotonous repetitions of our yesterdays. If we don't change today what we're thinking about, then tomorrow is going to be a repeat of yesterday, yes? The story itself becomes a narrative. And then she says, this always happens to me. How many friends do you have that say that? This always happens to me. Oh, I think, Rita, I think you're living with one, are you? <laughs> that was a great, a great intro, wasn't it? Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so the story itself becomes the narrative. This always happens to me. Okay, in one, in one way, in one you know, way, her story becomes a story of redemption. It becomes a story of healing and change and growth. In the other, it is, it is condemnation. It's hell. It's the victim. Out of effect. She is at the effect of the world. And bear in mind, in all of this, the stuff that they didn't talk about in all this research, is that there is a subtext at work here as well. The story that she doesn't tell anyone, right? Because we have those also. The story that lives within us that she doesn't tell anyone. Not the redemption story, not the victim story, but the story that lives way down in here. The story that you don't say out loud to anyone at all, the story that holds us back, our, our own personal story of limitation. What is that saying? You're only as sick as your secrets. You're only as sick as your secrets. That story that you don't tell anyone. Shame is a powerful, powerful force that keeps us stuck in our victim stories. Right? I should have known better. Or no one must ever know what's, who I really am. They'll run screaming from the room, <laughs> right? It's about healing those stories. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, if God created you after its own image, which he did or it did, because there is nothing else that it could have created you out of, then the thing you're after is already within you. The truth. The perfection, the wholeness, it already exists within you. He goes on to say this. The only things that stand between you and it are the accumulated thoughts, beliefs, and emotions of the centuries. Pfft, little stuff. 
But there is nothing that has been put there, either by yourself or the race, that cannot be removed. These false beliefs are just thought patterns laid down through the ages and accentuated by you, by your own experience, by your own inherited tendencies and by the environment. However, there is no use wasting time speculating as to what avenue they came through. Your job is just to reject them. Your job is just to reject them. He goes on to say, the great thing within you, which is called choice, can decide your destiny. It can remove every obstruction and gradually implant new patterns in your mind. That's the good news. We are not at the effect of the world. We are above it. That's the redemption story, isn't it? We can change our thinking and interrupt the patterns of our thinking and, and outpicture something different. We can transform our lives from within. We can co-create better experiences for ourselves. That's what this faith philosophy is all about. Then we can tell our story our narrative becomes one of overcoming the world. That's the, that's the revealing and the healing. That's looking at the positive line, right? The positive rail on the railroad track. That's resurrection. That's the resurrection story. I used to be limited by this false belief. Then I did the work. Then I meditated, then I prayed, then I affirmed, then I visioned. Then I replaced the false belief that was nestled down in there by the truth. And then repeating, growing in consciousness. I now embrace a greater truth to be known about me. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> Ernest Holmes said, we're all human. We all make mistakes. The starting point for creating a better future for ourselves is to deliberately free our minds of those mistakes of yesterday and feel they no longer be held against us. They no longer be a liability. He says, too often our minds are so burdened because of the mistakes we've made that we do not take time to forgive ourselves and others to start again. And so it is wise for us to review our past, to try to find out what we may have been thinking to create this burden in our own minds and to replace it with a new thought. That's what this faith philosophy is all about. You know, and here's the, and here's the, and here's the funny part, because God's having way too much fun at our expense, is that sometimes... We evolve past those things, right? Past those beliefs, past those behaviors. We, we think, oh, you know, I got that one solved, right? We're putting this puzzle together that's our life, only to have them pop up unexpectedly in our experience of life and take us by surprise. Has anyone had that experience? I thought I had that handled. Oh, God. And now it's right in my face all over again. I thought I had that resolved. I thought I resolved that blockage, or I thought I resolved that issue, and here it is again, the same old false belief popping up and hitting me in the face. Ernest Holmes called it the second crop. 
the second crop. You are planting seeds. You're making a new life. You have new beliefs. You're doing your prayer. Things are working fine. You're manifesting like crazy. Princes, palaces, and parking places, right? That's the, the honeymoon phase. And then stuff goes deeper, and then you start hitting up against your own resistance, and then up, up pops something you think you had resolved years ago. We do our work. We are spiritually unfolding. We're walking our path happily, yay, through the forest of enlightenment. We get whacked upside the head by the branch of the hidden false belief tree. That's really what happens. Man, happened to me a couple of weeks ago. It's not fun, I got to tell you. Something I thought was handled years ago popped up and hit me. <laughs> My need to be right. Anybody else have that? <clears throat> I need to be right. My need to make certain things happen certain ways because I think that's the way they ought to happen because, you know, I know best what should happen in any situation. <laughs> That's called ego, by the way, edging God out. <laughs> Whenever you think you know best, just ego, edging God out. That's what it means. Holy moly. So there I am thinking, I should be in charge of this condition <laughs> because, well, you know, I'm right. <laughs> Righteous indignation. I will handle this. <sighs> Haven't been hit by that particular branch for quite some time. And man, did I get a smackdown. <laughs> I got to tell you. You know, one time, years and years ago, when I knew everything, for real, <laughs> I was working at a, at a, a job, and I, and I was holding that particular branch, actually. And it was one of those things at work where it's like, oh, just give me it anyway. I'll do a better job than you. Let me do it, you know? <laughs> and one of my coworkers said to me, boy, it must be really easy for you having all the answers. And I thought she was serious, and I said to her, you know, really, no, it's quite a burden. <laughs> I thought she was going to hit me. Oh, my God. Anyway, here's the good news. The good news is those wax from the wisdom tree point us to where we've gone unconscious. That's the whole point of the negative rail. That's the whole point of the negative rail that accompanies us through life. It points us, maybe unceremoniously, <laughs> maybe with the whack on the, you know, on the, in the head with the branch, but it points us to where we've gone unconscious, where we need to heal, where we need to grow, where we need to evolve. I, I really do think that's the job of the negative rail on the railroad tracks through life. As we roll through life, things get our attention. And we reward ourselves or punish ourselves, depending on which rail we continue to focus on. We're not punished for our sins, but we're punished by them, right? That's what Ernest Holmes said. We keep getting whacked by the wisdom tree until we get it. So you can see, in that case, God is good all the time. Negative rail, positive rail, both of them are good. We're living in God's bounty all the time. The positive rail and the negative rail are both good rails, are both positive rails in the end, really, because they, they keep us growing, they keep us learning, they awaken us to where we've gone unconscious, they awaken us to where we have edged God out. 
the positives and the negatives are both there to help us grow. So it is good, always, and in all ways. And Ernest Holmes said this, he said, even God cannot give us anything unless we are in a mental condition to receive the gift. The law cannot do anything for us unless it can do it through us. We live in the midst of eternal good, but it can only be to us what we believe it to be. We stand at the mouth of the river, but we must let down our own bucket if we wish it to be filled with the pure waters of truth. Thank you. I just told Patty I should have brought my roommate this morning. 